And now a special report. The members of the Uncontrolled Airspace podcast are participating as private individuals. The comments you hear do not necessarily represent the views of the various organizations they work with. Also, anything you hear on this podcast that sounds like advice on aircraft operation is obviously very general. You should always consider your own situation, remember your training, and fly the airplane. And that's the way it is. Here's the story. Here's the story. I'm reading from the uh, Bang- Bangor, or as we say up here, Banger, the BangorDailyNews.com. Uh, plane crashes 40 minutes after being sold. A Mass- Now, let's see if I can get this straight, because this is complicated, if you ask me. A Massachusetts man who purchased an airplane from Maine's Conservation Commissioner, Patrick McGowan, was the proud, o- proud owner for 40 minutes before it crash-landed on a golf course. Now, that sounds fairly straightforward, but it gets a lot more complicated than that. Brooks Ladd of Chelmsford says he paid McGowan for the airport for the airplane with the agreement that McGowan would fly it from Waterville, Maine to Hampton, New Hampshire. Ladd said they made it as far as Auburn, Maine before the engine on the 1946 Aronka Champ conked out. They landed safely Saturday morning at Fox Ridge Golf Club in Auburn, but the landing gear collapsed, the propeller was bent, and the fuselage was damaged. Ladd says he has insurance for the plane he said the plane had just been inspected, and he expects he'll be reimbursed for damages. So, so the seller was flying the airplane. The seller was flying it. The seller got the money. Then he climbed aboard the airplane. He flew it for half an hour and crashed it. Uh-huh. Well, there's there's two immediate issues. One, he didn't yell four. <laughs> okay. And no, no, no. So. so I'm sorry, but doesn't this mean that the that the buyer never took possession of the airplane? Oh, now you're getting into correct. a legal once, definition. Once, now you're getting into a debate I, between I think, legal definition and practicality. Yeah. Once the money has changed hands, and according to the new owner, he says it was already insured. Uh, he says he the, the article says quote Lad says he had insurance for the plane unquote. Uh. So that tells me that he's already purchased the insurance to insure the airplane in his name, covering him. Um, so once the once the deal is consummated, as it were, the check is is exchanged, and and of course he's he's already bought insurance. I, I presume a bill of sale was exchanged also. Mm-hmm. Um, it's Lad's airplane. He can let anybody fly it he wants. He happens to have let the previous owner fly it from the place where it was based to where Lad wants it, in route, it crashed. Um, this is just I, bad, I, bad luck all I, around. I would like to have been, well, bad luck all around. I would like to have been a fly on the wall for the telephone conversation between the previous owner and the new owner. Well, no, now, see, I'm reading between lines here. I get the impression that they were both in the airplane. Yeah. It sounds like it. Yeah, because Lad says but they made... we don't made, know that for sure from this. They yeah. made it as far as... Okay, yeah, yeah you're right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. so I think they were both in the airplane, but 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 the previous owner, the seller, was flying. That's true. I see that. All right, and... I see the, well, and, I see and, the and, nuance. Yeah. It, there's, there's a couple of little nuanced things that can be in play here, not to, you know, not to be a party pooper 
or anything, but if there was a sales agreement that said that the uh, that the transaction was complete only upon delivery of the airplane to the buyer's you know field of choice, like they mm-hmm. were in the process of doing, uh, this airplane could still be technically uh, uh, Commissioner McGowan's. Uh, as far as the insurance companies, unless it's underwritten by the same outfit. Uh, you know, you could well have a tug of war there. I doubt it would be much of one, but you know, somebody's going to say no. It wasn't insured by us yet because our insurance didn't kick in until our customer had possession. Right. And possession right. was contingent on it landing in Hampton. at the delivery airport. Right. So, you know, there, this isn't all that clear cut in terms of who's on first. I don't know third base and all that jazz. <laughs> uh, well. You're right. Now that the the expectation that the airplane is covered uh, and will get fixed, uh, that that seems pretty reasonable. Just who's going to wind up writing the uh, the uh, (laughs) who's going to write? Well, I I know who should wind up writing the uh, 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 deductible check, but that's just just my opinion. Now, now, and and think about what's going through this poor guy's mind. He's in the back seat of this airplane, and they're chugging along, and the engine quits. I mean, that's like a complicated emotional moment in any event. All right, <laughs> he's also going, "Crap! Did the check clear yet? Oh, and, you know, what am I? You know, my airplane? No, his airplane? No, you know, oh, that's just like, oh weird. man, I'm so glad it's not me flying the airplane yet. Yeah, right. well, that too, uh, but you know, <laughs> now did Maine? You know, it gets more complicated too. You know, the FAA. Uh, may consider um, the the new owner the pilot in command, even though he wasn't flying the airplane. Uh, FAA's pilot in command rules are are, are uh, you know from you the FAA's they, standpoint they do make sense, they, but they are rather you know odd. You don't think they'd go after McGowan for uh, acting as a commercial pilot without necessarily being one, would do you? Well, if you had that arrangement of, of delivering the airplane, surely. But I wonder if the state of Maine actually charged the new owner taxes for this for it uh, crashing in its state. That's a good point too. <laughs> could be, could be. And yeah, we're uh, going to make we're going to make a lot of people worry that this stuff is a lot more complicated than than that they ever want to get involved with. <laughs> well, uh, this one's really it only sounds it only sounds that way when you crash an airplane in the midst of a transaction. So now, Jeb, when you bought your airplane. Did you go and pick it up? Where was it? Oh, no, it was at a it was at a nearby airport. The uh, sellers were local. Uh-huh. Um, so we sat down uh, probably over an adult beverage um, and executed a bill of sale, uh, exchanged um, a, a check, um, shook hands, um, redid, I redid the registration. I forget when I say that someone's going to bust me and say you can't just redo registration. Someone else has to sign. Okay, that may well be the case, and, mm-hmm. and whatever it was, uh, you know, I, I don't recall the exact details. But and then you went it was drove entirely civilized, and then you drove over like the next day and picked it up or something. Well, it was it was at uh, as I say it was at a lo- it was based at a local airport. So. Oh, oh, is this all right? Yeah, okay. The only thing I had to do in addition to you know writing a check and and uh, um, doing the bill of sale and and changing the registration was a insure it and b change the uh, tie down arrangements to my name. Oh, I see. Okay, Farid, you own an airplane, don't you? I sure do. Now, where did I, yours come from? 
Well, I bought into an already established partnership, so there was no uh, there was no risk of uh, something happening during delivery. Uh, so uh, it was just a matter of uh, going over to the previous share owner's house and dropping off a check. I see. And okay. having him sign the bill of sale. I want to know if the uh, the golf course charged green fees. To as well. <laughs> you know that could have been a big divot you had to replace. Yeah, that's right. It's a serious on on this day that Tom Watson almost won the British Open. I mean, that's a serious uh, violation of golf course etiquette. I know, really, so, David. Yeah. When you bought the Comanche, I, I seem to remember a story that involved an eleven-hour flying day. Was that the the day you picked no, up the Comanche? No, the eleven-hour flying day was the day that I got my dual and solo cross country as a primary student. Okay, so where did, uh, so tell me about the day you picked, you you took delivery on your Comanche. Well, the Comanche was down in southern Oklahoma, not too far from uh, the uh, Texas border, and it was a, a, a straight up and down one eight zero three six zero, you know, uh, 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 route down uh-huh. there and back. Uh, and my uh, my uh, flight instructor, who was going to be flying with me for the transition period. Uh, he uh, had a student that needed some work, and we were going to an airport with an ILS, and there were a couple of airports with ILSs in between. So uh, they did an instrument instruction flight that wound up dropping uh, uh, dropping the instructor and, and, and me off at the airport where the Comanche was waiting. Then we signed the paperwork, traded checks, keys, logbooks, and all that. Uh, after a final, you know, quick inspection, loaded up uh, the airplane, and then uh, I started my ten-hour uh, dual transition period uh, with a two-hour flight back to Augusta, Kansas, uh, what, what, and it all went really well. What, what was the that transition? Was that like a complex transmit transition, or what was that? Well, I already had a complex and high-performance sign-off. Uh, yeah. you know, folding wheels and more than 200 horsepower. Right. Uh, no, this was me going from, uh, 350 hours with 12 or 13 hours of retract time, uh, at, into ownership of a retract. I see. A, a complex. And the insurance company said, thou shalt fly with a safety pilot. Uh, a CFI familiar with the airplane or someone else that was approved by us, yada, yada, right. for the next 10 hours before you go off and do things solo or carrying people with you mm-hmm. solo. And so we accomplished that in, oh, I don't know, three or four days. Uh, mm-hmm. We did the two hours up. The next morning we did an hour. Uh, two mornings after that we did a uh, about a two-and-a-half-hour instrument duel. Uh, I say instrument duo. We did most of it under the hood. I don't remember uh-huh. if we actually logged it toward my ticket or not. But uh, well, well, I uh, just thought of something that uh, um, that uh, you know I, I can now reveal that now that I'm laid off, I flew for Citation Shares, and uh, they were buying and selling shares on these airplanes all the time. And at first, we had to either stop in Kansas, Connecticut, or one other state when there was a sale going on. We had to actually put rubber to the pavement, mm-hmm. but then. Toward the end of my employment, now we just had to fly over the state, and, <laughs> and, yeah. someone, and one of the the dispatchers would take a picture of the airplane over over are the you, state on flight tracker. Are you kidding me? Is That's that what I heard. Really? 
Yeah. And so if we want to talk about where the sale, you know, when the sale actually occurs, I mean, there's, there's, there's another thing that, you know, we're talking about big business doing this all the time when they're, when the shares are tra- yeah. uh, changing hands all the time. Wow. That's, well, the, uh, that's wild. When you buy, when you buy airplane insurance, you get some options on how to cover people other than yourself flying the airplane if in fact you want to do that uh one of them is a named pilot uh named pilot uh, list or warranty and that's where you actually tell the insurance company uh who's going to fly it submit information on their their flight time qualifications and all that uh they go on the list as people who are going to be flying the airplane regularly. The other is an open pilot warranty, which basically just says that I'm allowed anybody to use the airplane uh, as long as they meet these minimum requirements. And usually it was something, if I remember right, it was something like uh, minimum 250 hours flight time, no instrument, uh, at least uh, 125 hours in complex and uh 25 hours or more in type that's so pretty standard Dave. 25 yeah, yeah that's pretty standard but yeah. it 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 opened up a it, it that was generally less expensive than naming pilots which struck right. me as interesting mm-hmm. uh yeah. so it, you know well there were a few times when we were able to let a friend of ours use the airplane uh let different friends use the airplane who met the requirements uh, and they needed some lift, and there were no worries on my part about insurance. Uh, the prior time we bought an airplane, uh, it was kind of like Jeb's. The uh, airplane was hangered at the airport where I wanted to keep it. Uh, the airport manager, when I asked her about getting tie-down space, and she goes, "Why are you you don't want to you don't want the hangar anymore?" And I said, "Well, I figured there's a waiting list, and I'm a new tenant." And, she says, no, 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 hand me the lease. And she scratched out the old guy's name and wrote in my name. And says, You're good to go. <laughs> All right. Yeah, there you go. There you yeah, go. I used to give instruction to a guy with, a, with a, an Apache, and his insurance policy was you couldn't have more than five people on there, open policy, there weren't o- owners or something like that. Right. And we had to submit our hours and everything else in our name. But um, obviously, with you know, we were instructors and multi-engine instructors, so it wasn't a big deal for him. But he had a, he actually had a pilot limit as opposed to my 172, where it's an open policy with a total time and a time and type requirement, which is pretty pretty low uh, for your your typical well, uh, pilot. I wonder if some of that Farid might have been related to um, anything above five uh, is is oftentimes considered a club. And that could be different, different rates and different um, uh, yeah clubs different. They get assessed at a different rate. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, in any event, I think the lesson to be learned here is that if if and when you buy an airplane, you you either want to be careful about letting the seller fly at home for you, <laughs> or if you do let the seller fly at home for you, be clear about who owns it and when. I think is and who pilot. You know, yeah, yeah. In fairness, here this is a very common offer by sellers. You know, yeah. we'll deliver the airplane for expenses to get back home. Yeah. And, uh, uh, you know, there's some logic, too, and some comfort in the idea that the guy that's owned it or the woman that's owned it and flown it for the last umpteen years and umpteen hundred hours, uh, they're going to bring it 
in what better hands could the airplane be in? That's right. Until, <laughs> until they crash it on the way, way just, home, right? Just yeah. be sure to put gas in it. Is all and right. remember right. to bring your, and bring your clubs. That's right. Yeah, that's we, right. We, we, don't, we don't know what brought down the, uh, the poor little... Uh, no, we don't. The, no. This champ, the this particular champ. It's, it's nearby. I should, I should go check it out, but uh, I don't know. We'll see. Hey, listen, folks. Welcome to uh, episode number 145 of Uncontrolled Airspace, the General Aviation yes. Podcast. Now you've done it. We're, we're, we're reco- what did I do? Recording this episode on Wednesday, uh, Wednesday, July nineteenth, two thousand nine, and uh, joining me here in the virtual hangar is uh, three of my friends this week. Uh, first of all, Jeb Burnside is out there talking to us from uh, somewhere near Sarasota, Florida. How you doing, Jeb? I'm spiffy tonight. Uh, um, uh, nice, warm, sunny weekend. Um, got a lot done this weekend. Uh, basking in the glow of having too much sun on my skin. And uh-huh. Well, that's, that's, uh, that's, I hate you. That's all. Well, well, no, it's actually really nice up here, but I'll come back to that in a second. So, uh, your airplane's all put back together? Well, I'm, I, after we get off of this, uh, I'll call it a telephone call, I'm headed back out to the hangar, uh, probably an hour or so of uh, uh, just having a heck of a time uh, getting my propeller spinner. I'm saying that very carefully and, and precisely. Getting my pro- propeller spinner to shine. That's to like shine. doggy auger. Yeah, it's it's just a, a very hard aluminum alloy, and it does not want to shine up. So uh, I, it's not going to be nearly as shiny as I want it, and uh, that's okay. So, gonna, but this is not an airworthiness issue, is it? It's not uh, an airworthiness. It, well, it would be an airworthiness issue if it had cr- been chromed. The FAA does not like chromed propeller spinners. Um, are you serious? Really? Yeah, I'm serious. Why? Because there's an embrittlement issue. Uh, oh, and it'll on, chip and get into the end. And those rumors about it reminding too many of them of their own heads is not true. I see. All right. <laughs> <laughs> and that, but and I'm, just, I'm just trying to get it you know, cleaned up, and, and uh, it, it certainly will be lots better than it was. you got a lot of people to show it off to in the next couple of weeks. So, uh, yeah. That second voice out there is Dave Higdon, who's uh, joining us from Wichita, Kansas. Hi, David. How are you doing tonight? Oh, finer and frog hair. Uh-huh. Uh, been, been a lovely weekend. Uh uh, pretty much uh, uh, nominal temperatures for late July. Uh, what, what's and, nominal? And, Is it like hot or cold or nice? Or? Oh, it's like, uh, I don't think it broke uh, 90, 91 yesterday and uh, hadn't felt but about high 80s today. I know the humidity's finally dropped off a little bit. Decent breeze, fixed up the bicycles, did a little pedaling around, uh, spent a little time at an airport yesterday. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, Oh and God! Getting yeah. getting cranked up, getting cranked up to uh, to spend a little more time at another one. So yeah, cool, cool. Also with us this evening is uh, Farid Gyo, aka EAA Radio's Afterburner Al. And normally you're talking to us from uh, Rockford, Illinois. Where are you tonight, Farid? I'm in uh, Madison, Wisconsin, my uh, hometown. Uh, okay. And I'm sipping. I'm sipping on a, a experimental brew from the Capitol Brewery. My uh, my very special lady is a shareholder there, and so she gets experimental uh, blends uh, really? to try out and test before they hit the market. Ooh, and does it, does it have a so name many. yet? It doesn't even have a name. It just is experimental. It looks just like the the sticker that's on the side of any airplane you may build in your hangar. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, there's a joke there someplace. I don't there's think. so many straight lines. There's yeah. so many straight lines in that. It, <laughs> yeah. it would not be fair to 
Fareed's fair lady, so we're That's just right. going to let him go. Let it go, and, let it go. And she does have fair hair, and, and we've had fair temperatures. Lows overnight in the lower 50s. Uh-huh. Oh, now, that's not fair <laughs> at now, all. For, pe- for people not familiar with the geography, Madison is, uh, what, about an hour drive, 45-minute drive from Oshkosh? Uh, 90 minutes. 90 minutes, uh, so, oh, okay. Yep. South central Wisconsin, draw a line straight east or straight west from Milwaukee. And right, you will find Madison. 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 Uh, yeah. And uh, I want to come back to your recent travels in just a second. But first, I'm going to say that I am Jack Hodgson, and I am uh, talking to you from the home office here in Dover, New Hampshire, home finally after uh, uh, two weeks almost down in uh, Florida. And uh, had a good and time getting ready there. to go do it again. Getting ready to head out again. I'm home for just like four days, and then I turn around and, and go on another trip, uh, uh, the best one yet. So uh, we'll talk about that in a little bit here. Um Farid, so you're up there in the neighborhood. Have you got a ch- had a chance to visit uh, uh, Whitman Field recently? Uh, at least two or three times in the last three weeks. Uh-huh. We 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 uh, I've I've been up there. We uh, we did a lot of stuff at EA Radio to get it ready to go. Mm-hmm. Um, is is this the time we talk about, it or are we wait until later? Um, I just kind of just uh, no. Let's hold it off for just a little bit here. I'm just kind of curious if you've been up there and kind of what the general feeling is um, on the grounds up there. Uh, well, yeah. it's it's kind of like a it's uh, the the grounds have about a uh, seven o'clock shadow of grass, <laughs> and <laughs> it's it right now it looks pretty. It looks like the grass is coming in great, and they've done a good job, and they spend a lot of money on lawn care. Uh, however. Uh, I, I'll give it two days before, uh, and, and maybe a little spritzer before a lot of that turns to mud. And I know EA doesn't want to hear me say that, but uh, we're all kind of we're all kind of wondering exactly how this new grass is going to hold up to all the traffic. I don't think they have any aspersions that it's that it's it's not going. They're going to have a little bit of mud, but the grass is back in the new areas where they've 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 set up exhibit areas where it used to be IAC was and and the Ford 10 has moved around and things like that. Right. Uh, the, the one place where the grass is really rebounded is the tower. They actually really? removed they removed that whole hill. It's flat. Yeah. Really? And yes, yeah. it is. It's like it was never there. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen yeah, it. I, I think I saw it. I did not that. know they were going to remove the hill. I yeah. thought they'd have left the hill, but who knows? Yeah, they've, what, they've, uh, what's the weather been like as far as rain in the last several weeks? Do you know? Well, up until this, just the past couple of days, there hasn't been any rain in the last two weeks. And oh. it's, just, it's, been, it's been just beautiful uh, uh, up there. It, it's, I, I just really, it's been a, just a nice summer in July. No, nothing, we've only had one week, and this is early June, above 90 degrees in temperatures. So it's kind of in line with what we had last year right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're going to come back and talk about Oshkosh and AirVenture a little bit more, but um, first of all, uh, Farid, I think that you were telling us that uh, you recently had a very special day in your flying life, a, a particular anniversary. What was that all about? Well, it's only because I was listening to one of your episodes maybe about, I'd say a month ago, when everybody uh-huh. was talking about their 20th anniversary of this first lesson, and June 27th, the 19th anniversary of my first lesson, taken out at Truex Field here in Madison, uh, in cool. a tomahawk. And uh-huh. uh, yeah, and you lived, and, and I lived. Well, you know, here's the interesting thing. Back then, the uh, you were you were had to demonstrate minimum controllable airspeed, and of course, you know, being a being a, a beginning pilot, you didn't really think about any any of the stuff you'd heard about the tomahawk stuff. But you hadn't thought about. It. I was 16 years old. I I didn't know. I was just happy to be up in an airplane. Right. right. And 
And it wasn't until I you know, became a CFI and I went back and started doing training in that to see when you're going into a stall to see that elevator flopping back and forth and, oh, that's what that noise is. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, but the other, it's a tomahawk. I mean, it lands kind of like a big airplane. So you're from right from the beginning, you kind of get the feel of what it's like to fly bigger and heavier airplanes. It just kind of comes in and sets down. Real nice and easy. It was it was a great airplane to fly. Obviously, it had some slow speed issues, and and certainly some spin characteristic issues. But I loved it. I I, I enjoyed it. And um, you know, one of the things I remember about my first lesson is that I spent about six to eight months beforehand. My my parents got me that Sporties uh, analog scanner with the that you could listen to uh, all the frequencies on it, and. Uh, what we were able to do is, is as I listened to the the approach frequencies for six to eight months beforehand. So I was actually trying to to get clearance and taxi and tower and talk on the radio my very first lesson while actually trying to fly at the same time. So hmm. it, was, it was quite a it, it it was a lot at first, but I, I loved every minute of minute of it. And about four months later, three days after my seventeenth birthday, I I was a licensed pilot in November. So it was great. Wow, that's so. Your family was very supportive. Were, were there f- other pilots in your family? There were no other pilots in my family. Uh, just a, a great uncle who uh, flew B twenty sixes in Europe, um, and he gave me his his. Uh, he had a twin Comanche in his later life when he was a he was a salesman, and he gave me his flight his uh, his flight case with all his about ten Jeppesen binders as well. Oh, so wow. that that was, that was really nice of him. Uh, uh, to to give me that, and so I I certainly appreciated appreciated that. Plus, I had uh, I had a I went to a high school where they had a four years worth of aviation uh, classes you could take. They were all year long classes, including private instrument, commercial, and advanced courses. Really, in, hmm, in written courses, yeah. Uh huh. In high and school. So, in high school, yeah. Wow. And so, I mean, I I was a senior in high school, and I had my license and everything. It's just that when I wanted to fly somewhere, I couldn't rent a car. <laughs> yeah. yeah, isn't that always the way it is? Yeah. <laughs> sure, uh, is. I love the way that works out. Now, before mm-hmm. we move on, uh, Florido, I'd like you to fill us in or, or give us a follow up on one more thing here. Wasn't there an issue with you having to repatriate some headsets to somebody or something like that? You you got it. Uh, what, what was friend, whatever became of that? Well, I um, I didn't send him the actual headset. Uh-huh. Uh, what I did, what I did is, um, we had a complimentary headset from Clarity Aloft that we used during one of our broadcast years at EAA Radio, and so I sent him that one. Ooh. But it was, yeah, it was my buddy Nick who actually started a week before I did, and we had a, had a little bit of a friendly race that summer of 1990, getting our our, our all of our uh, our training done, and of course. It, as the story goes, he he didn't make it to his solo cross country, but um, but now he's a licensed pilot out in Seattle. He's actually going to come to Air Venture um, and spend a couple days just hanging out, and uh, he's going to do a little bit of blogging for us um, for EA Radio. And he's also written an iPhone app where you can actually download the uh, the archives that we post up as as we get them done. Only thing is, we hope Apple will release it in time. Very cool. <laughs> so, Very cool. Yeah. Um, so. Unlike Farid, who is like an hour and a half away from Oshkosh, uh, uh, Jeb and Dave and I have a little bit more of an adventure ahead of us, and I kind of wanted to, I'm I'm curious what everybody's travel plans are here. For example, 
I am. Uh, I'm, I like to drive. I've talked about this before. It may be weird being a pilot and Oshkosh being an, an aviation event, but but uh, to me, driving to Oshkosh is kind of part of the ritual. Um, if I had an airplane, I certainly would fly. But since I don't have one, flying. You know, people say, well, "Why don't you take the airlines? It's easy." And I, no, I like to drive. So uh, I'm actually getting a rental car because my regular car is not quite trustworthy enough. So I'm getting a rental car and I'm starting the trip out on uh, on uh, whatever morning it is, Wednesday morning. And uh, we'll drive all day Wednesday and through the night, and we'll arrive in Oshkosh sometime uh, Thursday morning, Thursday noontime, something like that. So uh, arriving earlier this year, this is, I usually arrive on Friday, um, but I, I decided that, that I, I've got a couple, few things I want to do, so I'm going to arrive a little bit earlier than usual. David, how are you getting to uh, Oshkosh this year? Uh, I bought a bunch of airmail stamps and stuck them on my butt, and uh, I'm going by human mailing tube. Uh, how many I'm bucks? Gonna, yeah. How really? many bucks? Well, I bought I, I bought the uh, I bought the always good stamps, so that it doesn't reflect the higher prices of today than 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 were yeah, at okay. the time that I bought the stamps. You got but, the uh, forever it stamps. Took, it took a lot of them. Yeah. It took a lot of them, and uh, I'm uh, I'm 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 going to cram into one of these bullets, uh, one of these smokers, uh, Thursday morning, the twenty third, uh, about oh seven hundred out of India, Charlie Tango, and it's it's supposed to be on the ground at uh, Alpha Tango Whiskey, uh, Appleton, Wisconsin, about eleven thirty that same morning. That's Thursday. I mean, that's really that's really good service. Uh, that's that's like only forty five minutes slower than I could do it in the Comanche. Uh huh. Yeah. What what airline? That airplane's going to go four hundred and eighty miles an hour. What airline is that on? Uh, I don't remember. Doesn't matter. I'm just curious. Um, I, bought it, I, I bought it through uh, an online online site where. I was able to to uh, negotiate and calculate and counterpunch and get something a little better than posted. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's Northwest, but I see. And Jeb, you're taking your shiny spinner uh, and and the, uh, and the rest of the airplane. <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> Now, I left you to last because you have a particularly interesting adventure ahead of you. Um, well, the spinner will get there ahead of everything else. That's right, yeah, hopefully. <laughs> hopefully. Um, you're going to uh, not only be flying yourself from Florida all the way up to uh, to uh, the well, to the Oshkosh area, but uh, you have a passenger this year, right? Yes, I am going to swing through Melbourne, Florida on my way up, which is really kind of going east to go north, but uh, that's okay, about an hour. Uh, picking up David Allen, uh, mm-hmm. who is uh, um, works with Will Hawkins on the uh, pilot cast. Is that the name of it? Pilot, pilot, podcast? pilot flight pod log. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, and uh, I believe David is also going to be an intern this year for Reed at uh, EAA Radio. EAA Radio thanks you because he's going to be getting there well, Wednesday evening, uh, and we uh-huh. will be able to, to pimp him out for production for at least there three straight go. days. There you go. I, I expect you know a small stipend in my pay envelope at the end of the show. Uh-huh. I've got a very heavy stipend I'll give you. I understand. Ah! That's right. <laughs> now, cut it out. I'm going to start editing things again here. Stop it. Stop it. Um, so how long does this flight take, Jeb? I mean, seriously, all kidding aside. It's going to be a full day of flying. Um, it's, it's an hour hop over to Melbourne. And then um, I did uh, some preliminary flight planning. Um, it's about a thousand miles, a thousand nautical from yeah. uh, Melbourne to Oshkosh. Mm-hmm. 
What I'm going to do is um, fly a more or less direct Oshkosh. I, uh, there's some cheap gas at uh, in Frankfort, Kentucky, Capital City Airport. So that's probably going to be the gas stop and, and just, you know, kind of a rest stop kind of thing. Um, and then we'll smoke on into uh, Oshkosh. Um, I'll uh, probably go into uh, Basler and drop David and his stuff. And then I'm going to turn right back around after getting some more gas and hop right across uh, the lake at one more time, uh, going over to Cadillac, Michigan. Mm-hmm. I'm going to spend a few days. Um, uh, I'm not going to tell you what I'm going to do uh, there, but uh, hopefully I will be able to uh, discuss it in more detail uh, after the fact. Okay, cool. We'll hold you there. And uh, um, that's, as I say, that's all plan A. That's going to be like a... a um, a three or four leg day, depending. It could be five if uh, um, if I um, stop on the way to get some gas uh, to pick up before I pick up David. Um, so that's all on Wednesday of, of uh, the coming week, and then uh, I'll be in Cadillac uh, at least uh, through Saturday, probably through Sunday morning, and then punch out of Cadillac right across the pond again. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go into Appleton. That's where I'm going to leave the airplane for the week. It's just easier to get in and out of Appleton than it is uh, Oshkosh during the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and um, um, get a car and uh, come on down. And, yeah, uh, I'm I'm looking at you know noonish or so Sunday to to hit the site. So great, great. Now you know see I had envisioned you go back a couple steps here to dropping off Dave. Um, I th- I had envisioned that you were going to going to taxi up onto the ramp there right in front of EAA radio and you were just going to unload him right there and just dump him off onto the because the, <laughs> Farid you're not going to let him leave there the entire week right and he's like no we're going to lock him down and we might even let him go out and actually see the show since it's no. his first air venture but. <laughs> it's his first air venture he I have to tell you I've talked to him uh, uh, exchanged a couple of emails and I've talked to a couple of people who know him he's like apparently excited beyond belief um, oh, he, good for him for starters I mean he's you know he came to Sun and Funny and and uh, uh, he's been to Sun and Fun for many years but this was the first time he went to Sun and Fun for a large period of time and so he really he just loved that experience and we kept saying oh you got to come to Oshkosh you got to come to Oshkosh and he said, well, I want to, but I'm, I'm not sure if I can get there. And then he had, he had sort of tentatively arranged a ride, and then like a week ago that fell through. And, and so he sent, sent out the word again, and, uh, and, I, and I think he feels like he, he like found a golden ticket, all right? You know, it's like, I get to ride with Jeb? Whoa! You know, so. <laughs> and direct flight, well, too. I, I, yeah. I need to talk to him. I need to talk to him and explain to him how in a debonair about every 90 minutes, you need to uh, pop open the passenger side. Yeah, I was going to say, you tell them just, don't you know, open the window. Just to kind of let the air exchange a little bit. There. All right, all right. <laughs> don't keep, do that. Keep the pilot awake. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Well, you'll get a you'll get an initial reaction from Dave because uh, they're going to be doing like a, a live podcast on our air Sunday afternoon as kind of our shakedown. Okay. Uh, so they're... Yes, they're going to do. Uh, we'll give our volunteers a chance to to do a little bit of last minute training, and uh, they'll be able to get an episode in. And then they're going to do another one Saturday night. Yeah, of, they being uh, Dave uh, and Will Hawkins, uh, the uh, yeah. yeah. pilots fight podlock. Go ahead. Yeah, they're going to do another one Saturday night as well because we can't broadcast Jeff Dunham, and so we've got uh, right. alternate programming Saturday night from AirVenture. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Yeah, so it's going to be great. It's going to be great. I, Farid, I kind of glossed over your trip. Are you, in fact, just going to drive up, or do you fly in, or how do you get how do you get to AirVenture? 
Well, I think that that my particular getting to AirVenture is probably gets as complicated as someone crossing the country because I have to get both an airplane and a car up there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I have to get my 172 up there, and somehow I also have to get my car up there as well because the airplane is parked up there, but which I, I fly some Young Eagles during the week if, uh, mm-hmm. for uh, for the Young Eagle program. So it, it it is put into work. It's not just up there to you know take up space, but. Um, but also the car is 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 needed as well to 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 get around and and conduct business as they say mm-hmm. so it's always it's a matter of getting someone uh going one direction or another and 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 uh, i i may have to to negotiate with you jeb to drop dave off on the way up. Well, um you know you just let me know uh, i'm happy to help out in any you know, i don't i don't mind you know madison's not that much further once you got the wheels in the wheel so, That's true. You know, we'll we'll work out something off air. All right. Yeah. I'll let you guys work that out. And let's talk about Oshkosh for just a couple minutes here. Um, uh, Tom was with us last or a couple weeks ago, uh, a couple episodes ago, and uh, and that was a thrill and a pleasure. And he told us a little bit about his perspective on uh, this year's Air Venture. I'm just kind of curious what you guys are looking forward to. Um, you know, either in the way of like visiting aircraft or activities or 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 I'll, whatever. I'll, you know, I'll, I'll jump in, and it's it's number one on the list here, but. I I'm actually you know kind of curious about the A380. Yeah. Uh, um, I, I, I'm it's an ugly airplane, all things considered. Um, it's it's an Airbus, which means it's you know I don't know is this you know is the software fully baked on this thing? Yeah. Right. Uh, but um, um, yeah, that's that's going to be uh, uh, kind of a literally and figuratively a big deal. Uh, yeah. Why do you say it's ugly? It's just an ugly airplane to me. Um, it's not. Are all big airplanes ugly, or is it just? No, um, the seven forty-seven has some really not nice lines. The seven, the seven four has some really nice lines. The seven four um, um, is, is I, I will say this: the seven four is better looking than the A three eighty. How's that? Okay. I think it's elegant, actually. If the especially yeah. the stretch versions are very. The, the, the stretch version, the four hundred, the dash four hundred version, I think is the best looking of the bunch. Um, the SP uh, version, which is the short version, um, is is um, uh, to me a little bit maybe more. Um, I don't know aesthetic. I don't know, but um, no, the four hundred yeah. with the winglets and the stretched upper deck is is. Certainly, uh, of the of the different um, um, variants, my favorite. Yeah, yeah. Um, David, what are you looking forward to? Anything in particular? Oh, you know, I uh, <laughs> I, I, I guess I'd have to I'd have to say that I'm looking forward to seeing some of the uh, vintage and and, uh, and antique airplanes that I've heard are going to be there. Uh, but that's after reconnecting with a lot of old friends. Yeah, uh, you know, throughout the duration, that's what I look forward to the most, and the airplane goodies and the avionic goodies, you know, that's kind of like the second helping or the icing on the cake. So, no, no question, no question. Yeah, I, uh, yeah and, and, and before we go, before we leave this, um, of of the things that are going to be at Oshkosh, the the physical items that are going to be at Oshkosh, the three eighty is 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 of interest to me. Um, but that's not why I'm going to Oshkosh. Right. There are so many other reasons, uh, the people principally among them, uh, why I'm going to Oshkosh. So I, I yeah. don't let anybody uh, go away with a misconception. Yeah, no, I mean, I agree completely. But I was kind of curious what, what sort of practical things or, or physical things we might be talking about after the fact. Um, I, 
Which of these stories will we be talking about in August? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Well, I think it's a triumph of British or at least a European aerospace. You've got the A380 there. You've got the 40th anniversary of the Concorde. And, you, of course, you've got the U.S. air pilots are going to be there. And, and you know, that that airplane did well as a as a, as a an amphib, mm-hmm. at least for as long as it needed to be. <laughs> uh, okay, go ahead. US air, U.S. air hadn't been able to recruit near the number of qualified seaplane pilots that they've been looking for. That's, that's right. Yeah, true. <laughs> Well, if if they wanted uh, amphib pilots, they needed to see Alaska from their house if they were going to get the the right pilots Ooh. qualified for that. <laughs> okay, for me, draws first I think, blood. I think that went past Redline. You must have broken a governor there. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right, all right, all right. Focus now, focus. Right, yeah, <laughs> but my actually, my parents scored a really good. Um, a really good ticket. They they actually signed up to be volunteer ushers for the A380, and so they're, Ooh, okay. they're yeah they're going to be uh, trained uh, on a Tuesday, and then Wednesday of AirVenture they'll be somewhere around the A380 helping get all the people who get to walk through it, and uh, you know for 25 years they were ushers at uh, in Madison here at the the local place where all the the plays and the operas and things go through. So they're eminently qualified to be ushers. There you who go. knew that? That it would it would help them out at Air Venture in so many years <laughs> yeah. later. Well, you know, it's a it's a multi talented kind of multi thing. Um, I want to just mention that I'm looking forward to um, apparently this 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 big Humongo helicopter is going to be there. I've seen pictures of it in the uh, sky crane. Uh, the sky crane, right? Yeah, I, yeah. I've never seen one of these things with my with my naked eyes before, and uh, I wanted. I think that'd be kind of cool, um, especially if it does some flight demonstrations. I hope it's not going to be just sitting on the ground. It's going to uh, pick up the A three eighty. It's going to be yeah, right. I, I, I was thinking they they've been looking for volunteers. They want five hundred and seventy three podcast producers to volunteer for one. Well, I was going to say, Fareed, why don't you just convince them to go get your Skyhawk? That's yeah. right. That's there you go. That solves the problem right there. <laughs> I White think that's Knight. Skyhawk, yeah. Yeah. White Knight 2 is going to be there, right? That's going to be kind of cool. That's going to fly that's four be times, cool. too. Yeah. Tom was saying gonna... that, that, that when you actually see White Knight 2 in person, it, it's a very different experience than what you expected having seen White Knight 1. Um, apparently, it's just kind of different in some fundamental ways i i'm interested to see what that mean, what, what he means by that um so so that'll be kind of fun um, the picture of it is, is it looks like this a natural joining of two different airplanes that were stopped midway through construction so it'll be really interesting to fly of course you have to understand that any rutan design you just have to throw out any conventional thinking and expect that it's going to fly anyway yeah exactly it kind of exactly. reminded me of the aviation equivalent of the uh, duplex you could you could rent out one you could rent out one side to somebody else and still use the side that you're in. That's right. As long as there was some sort of coordination that happened there, right? Yeah. So it's going to be some interesting things here. Uh, but as you guys mentioned, um, unless you, you know, crash it on a golf course, of course. It's it's meeting up with the Oshkosh friends that's uh, going to be especially. Uh, um, gratifying um we're all sorts of plans here with all the new media folks uh the podcasters and the uh, twitter friends and and all those folks uh, getting ready to gather too so uh um, it's kind of for me it's kind of coming full circle my first sort of neighborhood or my first uh, group of oshkosh friends were uh people who i talked with throughout the year on the rec dot aviation news group and uh, we used to all gather each summer at oshkosh and uh, and then i and then i started working with the newspaper and that became my group 
group, and now I've kind of come for, full circle back with a bunch of internet people. Um, so it's it's kind of cool in that regard. So uh, it's going to be a lot of fun things. I'm really really looking forward to this. You know, I was talking with Will Hawkins. They're going to be out there doing big things with the movie as well as the uh, the podcast. Um, you know. Uh, 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 Airspeed Steve Tupper is going to be out there, um, probably bumming rides left and right. I'm just going to follow him around and, and take his <laughs> take his leftovers, you know. And, uh, um, and if uh, any, if any, that's right. Yeah, and uh, I want to visit the uh, EA Radio campsite this year, which I missed out on last year. But uh, I, from what I heard, that's a fun place to to hang uh, in the afternoon and evenings. So uh, that'll be good. I, I just think this is uh, maybe I'm just building it up too much in my mind, but I, I just am looking forward to this as as a really really outstanding above average air venture. Yeah, I think it's going to be a really good show. Yeah, I think it's going to be great. Speaking of which, um, uh, Farid, and I think now is the time, uh, tell us a little bit about uh, EA Radio this year, because it's you've really kind of taken it to the next level, it sounds like, um, and uh, done some really interesting things. Tell us about that. Uh, it's it's uh, where do I start? Uh, I'll just start it this way. Forty volunteers uh, yeah. is is that just kind of just shows you how big we've gotten and we've that's an increase of if i can do the math 15 in just one year um of what we're doing and part of it is the expansion of our intern program we have eight interns coming down from our supporting educational institution of st cloud state and their their radio degree program they have up there and so that alone um in addition to people like dave allen showing up and steve tupper uh, you know, we have all these people and the same amount of space. Although we did have, we had new studios built last year. Uh, we're finally finishing the construction of that, including paint on the walls uh, upstairs. <laughs> and we painted it blue uh, because Gordon Bowman Jones, a uh, longtime announcer all around, but also at Air Ventures from Australia, he named it like the. I think it was the Sunday morning of the last day. He, I think it was an offhand remark, but he named it the Studio in the Sky, and that's where we're going with. Ah, and so, okay, cool. Yep, yeah. we, it works really well. We have, and all the walls are blue, so it looks like you're kind of floating up there. Uh, but we, we are going to be 24 hours a day as far as staffing the radio station. So you'll be Jeez. hearing someone making live announcements 24 hours a day. The overnights, at least for people in the central time zone, or at least in the U.S., is going to be recorded material from the day before. However, we will have people actually breaking in. So, wow, hey, there's a live voice there. And uh, we're also we're going on the air at 6 a.m. now instead of 7. And so me and our, my director of IT, yes, we do have a director of IT. We're going to be on from 6 to 8, the morning pre-flight. And then Hot Start is the name of the new show from 8 to 9.30, Push to Talk from 9 to 11. And then uh, we have a couple more shows, including our roving show called Air Venture on the Fly, um, where uh, we're recording an hour-long show from each of the areas like Vintage, Warbirds, Ultralight, Seaplane Base. That's going to be a tape delayed, uh, but it will, the, at noon every day, you're going to get an hour of interviews from just that area. So you're really going to – the second year in a row, we're really getting a focus on one place. Another neat feature we have is the National Weather Service is going to be doing twice – daily features. Uh, one is called Soup and Severe Clear Daily Lunch Special at 11.30, and then uh, Tea and Turbulence at 3. We're going to be talking about different National Weather Service products and services that pilots can get. Uh, the traffic jam after uh, after the air show in the evening, we're 
where a couple of the guys will be grading landings and, of course, our Theater in the Woods coverage. Uh, we're calling uh, Friday Fantastic Friday because we have so many things going on. I just booked Livingston Taylor, the singer-songwriter. He'll be on at 7.30 in the morning. Will Hawkins and Rico uh, will be on at about 8.30. And then uh, Amy Laboda will be on at, ele- uh, I think it's about 9.30 or 10. Um, and she will be talking about Women Venture because they have that class picture Mm-hmm. Later that day, of course, the Daily Air show. We have the, all the audio from the announcers every day, and it'll be on that Friday. Potapalooza at six. Okay. Yep. <laughs> I mean, that's the big event there for us, at least those of us in the podcast land. And then at seven o'clock, you've got um, a huge, huge theater in the woods. We're talking um, Rotocraft Awards, Livingston Taylor, uh, the Women in Aviation, Martha King, Peggy Chabry, Eileen Collins, Thunderbird Nicole Najewski, Jill Long, Wally Funk, Jessica Cox. I mean, that alone is a good theater in the woods. Then you pile the, the U.S. Airways guys on top of that, and it's just going to be a huge day, at least on our broadcast. Um, mm-hmm. That's the way you can catch all of that. Of course, if you're on the grounds, you can catch a lot of that, too. So the the one thing that, that this is this is where I'll finish, and that is EAA – um, has ramped up their cooperation, at least with the volu- with EA Radio. It's not that they didn't cooperate with us before. It's just that they finally integrated us fully into everything, and um, they really believe in 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 how EA Radio e- reaches out to all of the members around the world. And so they have really thrown a lot of resources at us as far as. Uh, so that we can get our our, uh, our archives on the web, and um, you know we're going to have a Facebook page. We'll be twittering all over the place, and yeah, that's that. It, no, it's going to be clean. I know, um, but <laughs> the, the the but the important thing is we're going to have studio webcams, and we're going to have um, something that's that won't be rolled out until I think the first day. It's called the Blue Dot Cam, which is a camera that's mounted in our second floor studios. Will be focused on the approach end of runway one eight. Right in front of the blue dot, so you can watch oh, airplanes very land. Cool. Mm-hmm. Twenty-four hours a day. We uh, Canon cameras donated an HD camera. We don't have enough uh, bandwidth for HD, but it's going to be a really good camera. Um, and uh, also, we're going to have, along with the video, you'll be able to listen to Oshkosh Tower on, on an audio stream that comes with the video. And there will be yes. a. And here's there will be here's a my here's yeah. my only question. Um, yeah. What is it you're not going to be doing? <laughs> yeah, I know, really. Yeah. So uh, tell us, uh, for people who are on the ground, you're on the radio, at what, what frequencies? It's just AM 1210 for now. Um, we, we're not quite advertising the FM yet because we don't know what frequency it's going to be on yet. Okay. And then, uh, um, but when when you re- discover that, you'll put it on, on the website? It'll be on, right. uh, uh, airventure.org. on airventure.org? Go ahead. Slash radio. We'll have a big – they're going to roll out a new AirVenture web design uh, pretty soon here, within the next week. Um, I know it's a week till Oshkosh, but I think it's coming out a little bit before that. We just had a meeting okay. with their web team. But uh, we'll be right on the front page, so you won't have to, to go far to get that. But you'll be able to listen to both both of those. And uh, you know, with the Oshkosh 365 just rolled out, you'll be able to have a, quite a bit of interactivity as well. Yeah, uh, with 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 the uh, with the site, and also you'll be like you say, you'll be able to find EA Radio very easily. Yeah, and you're all, and then the live stream of EA Radio is available from where through AirVenture.org/radio. Yeah, and that's available actually right now. And I know yeah. obviously we're recording this, but um, I mean it's it's been up for 
a week and a half now. We we rolled it out intentionally early. We've been running archives, and about every day I I uh, I post new announcements into the rotation um, as we book guests and as we uh, prepare our promotional materials. Um, we're we're putting in new announcements that are interspersed between the archive material that we're airing. But our goal this year be, uh, is to turn around the interviews that we just get, ha- have taken and put them on the website and make them available right away. Yeah, that's really cool. Well, that sounds great. Um, so uh, we're glad you got the extra help. And uh, <laughs> Don't forget uh, about UCAP. Yeah, uh, well, that's right. We're going to talk about I that I was going to say, bit. every now and then you might even have a UCAP podcast episode. That's oh, right. We're going, to do t- yeah. we're going to do two episodes again this year. We, we thank you for, for having us back. Uh, we're well, going to be doing – yeah, go ahead. I was say you're you're the ones that really started all of this uh, uh, podcasting on our air and really kind of motivated me to really expand the grassroots uh, talkers and putting them on the air and getting getting them more exposure. Well, that's so. great. That's great. We're going to be uh, as we've done in the past couple of years. We're going to do two episodes uh, from from AirVenture, uh, both of them through EA Radio. One is on uh, Monday uh, afternoon, evening, uh, right after the Daily Air Show, uh, from probably from the deck, certainly from the studio in the sky. Uh, and then we're going to do another episode on oh, let me, oh, Sunday morning, right? Sunday morning. So, at uh, 9:30 a.m. Uh, Central Time, uh, and uh, both, and uh, we're looking forward to that one. We'll also do that from the deck uh, or the studio in the sky. Um, we uh, we'd love the idea uh, that our listeners might be able to listen live uh, while we do this. Uh, so uh, it's not quite as as uh, a free for all as as it is when we record this uh, uh, in the conference call here, because we know we're on live radio too. So we have to kind of be a little bit careful. But uh, you do get a chance to hear a few of the things that didn't make it into the uh, into the podcast feed if you listen on the uh, the uh, EA Radio internet feed. So uh, we're going to be doing those things. We're also going to participate in Podpalooza on Friday evening, and uh, it's just going to be a big week all around. And uh, we probably ought to move on and stop talking about Oshkosh and talk a little bit about some of the news of the week. But uh, but uh, I, I speaking for myself, I'm very, very excited uh, I'm uh, about uh, sure. this year's show and, and about heading out there and seeing all my friends in person and uh, drinking some lion kugels. That too. Yeah. We're, so let's. Yeah. I'm sorry. Any last thoughts about uh, uh, this coming upcoming air venture before I make us move on? No. Moving okay. On. All right. Just, uh, I don't know. Yeah. I don't. And I don't, I don't have. I have no agenda when I say this. I don't know when this will hit the streets. Um, but uh, those of you who are kind of teetering on the fence uh, to, uh, yeah, you know, it's a long way, or you know, money's tied, and yeah, I understand all that. Um, but this is going to be a good show. Um, it's it's not you know everything we've seen so far this year <clears throat> indicates that uh, uh, yeah attendance might be down a little bit but it's it's uh, what what they lose or, or let's say what they might not have in in uh, quantity they will gain in quality we've saw that at, earlier this year at uh, at Sun and Fun and all indications are that it's going to be the same uh, this year at Oshkosh so it's a uh, yeah. Yeah, if if you're if you're on the fence about whether or not to attend, um, uh, bite the bullet. You, you won't be sorry. It's a great mix of aircraft this year, and I think that's better than having just one big draw. There's several really good things that's going to pull everybody in. Now, the one thing, if you've been hearing at least, uh, if you've heard the Mike Morgan uh, promos for your your UCAP uh, broadcast, uh, Amy's talking about waving to the crowds from the porch. I actually want to see some people come over and set up chairs in front of the deck while you guys are broadcasting so we can have like a studio audience for you. 
Yeah, I think that'd be great. I don't hold out a lot of hope, but as long as they don't have fruit (laughs) or or water pistols or anything like that, we've had a few in the past. Uh, We have had a few in the past. You know, all right, uh, we were able to let crowd control officers go home (laughs) on time, but we've had a few. And then Jack, I'm I'm gunning for you. I've got a bunch of liners for your broadcast. Uh oh. Okay. All right. Here we go. Here we go. All right. I'll get ready. I'll get ready. Hey, moving on for real now. Let's uh, let's talk a little bit about the news of the week here. A couple of stories I wanted to touch on real quickly before we wrap this thing up. Um, so there's this Southwest Airlines 737 that suddenly developed a great big honking hole in the fuselage. Yeah. And uh, uh, I don't know if we know much about this story. Has there been anything more about it in the last couple of days? Two, two uh, items. It, um, it was only a foot across. Only a foot yeah. across. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. But, oh, your problem? Two items. Um, Friday, uh, the NTSB released um, uh, images of the uh, – they, they literally cut out that part of the fuselage uh, that broke. They cut it you know, from, from uh, stringer to stringer or something uh, and removed it from the, uh, from the airplane. And um, the, the images are just amazing. It looks to me – uh, it's basically um, um, it's like it's like a thumb. Um, it's square on the bottom, uh, rectangular in shape, and then the other end is is kind of rounded. And um, it's a very clean break. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, it's a, a peeled back like you'd like you'd peel a like a potato chip kind of thing. Um, uh, for about I don't know two thirds of its of its circumference. Um, it, it looks like to me, you know, someone took a, a pencil and and made a semicircle, okay, in the yeah. sheet metal. And over the years, the graphite in the pencil combined against the the uh, aluminum and caused some corrosion, and that's where the break occurred. But it's very clean. It's it's um, it, it's shaped like I described. It's just the weirdest thing. Did uh, did so? Did it something just peel back, or did some material actually depart the airplane? It it from what I can tell, based on those images alone, uh, you know, there, there's very little commentary associated with it from the NTSB. It literally peeled back. Mm-hmm. It's the weirdest thing. It's very weird. And this yeah. is right in front of the uh, vertical stabilizer on top of the fuselage of the seven thirty seven, which is not a high stress. Uh, um, um, uh, high um, uh, fatigue piece of the fuselage. I don't think. Uh, the well, whole that, thing that's is not very weird. far in front. That's not very far in front of the aft pressure bulkhead. Um, this was outer skin. This was not. Um, yeah, but I say uh, bulkhead or, or well, but the outer like skin that. is yeah, the outer skin is the pressure vessel, and there's a bulkhead fore and aft yeah. that mm-hmm. you know contains it like a thermos bottle. Uh-huh. And uh, you know that aft pressure bulkhead is back there, not, yeah. not too far from where the vertical stab mounts on. Well, so that, they, they, uh, that, 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 that that's that's pretty far back on the airplane, and it is not yeah not not in an area you'd normally associate with a lot of uh, of uh, unusual load. Yeah, um, and and this particular piece, uh, and the NTSB wrote it up as if it was standard, it was, it was um, engineered like this from Boeing in, in, in the new aircraft. But there's a doubler. This is 032-inch aluminum. 
um, and there's a doubler that's that's uh, bonded onto the piece that failed that is smaller than the piece that failed uh, that is also O3-2 aluminum. Um, I would presume that that doubler has has more to do with a, a trying to prevent an oil canning effect and 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 helping out with the uh, the pressurization cycles than than anything else. Um, but um, the the whole thing just kind of peeled back like you know uh, um, like a potato chip, and the, it's the way that it peeled. It's the it's the seam, if you will. Um, there's no it, it's it's not jagged. It's not. Um, um, uh, yeah, uneven. I get the picture. It's it, yeah, it's, it's very. Um, uh, again, it's like you it's put like the key traced, in. A, like yeah, you put the key like in a sardine can lid and started to roll it back. Kind of like that. Yeah, it's it's. But the edges look to be very even. They're not jagged or anything like that. Again, it's like you know, there was some some pre-existing uh, fatigue or um, uh, electrolysis going on that that it failed in that fashion. It's just really odd. This yeah. now this was an old seven three. This is, I believe, a dash three hundred seven thirty seven, uh, yeah, which makes it um, yeah makes it Farid, twenty years old. I don't know. Yeah, Farid, well, it's a fifteen you, year old fifteen year old airplane okay. in this case. Yeah, right, I, I I have a question for Farid. Farid, you uh you you were flying pressurized aircraft, right? I mean that's affirmative. Yes. Yeah. So I just wondered if if given that experience, you have any in, any particular insights or. Or, or anything into this whole thing. I mean, is is any well, of it? Well, I mean, it, it, the the only th- I guess from a pilot's perspective, we just take off and we hope that it, it inflates and deflates <laughs> <laughs> like it's supposed to, and and we just hold on for for dear life if if some of the stuff starts coming off the airplane. Um, have you have we, you did you ever have a, a an in-flight depressurization? Uh, not uh, unintentional. Uh, <laughs> one oh, okay. Time. <laughs> Sounds like there's a story there, anyways. Go ahead. Yeah, a, a, a very quick story, uh, and that is, and that is, uh, I was flying back with the uh, the chief pilot when I was flying a Kinger 200, and um, I was getting ready for a captain upgrade. So he decided to uh, to hit the cabin dump uh, at about twelve thousand feet or something like that, just to uh, to see if I if I would reach for my oxygen mask or not, and things like that. So, uh, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one thing we do look for on on, uh, on pre-flight and post-flight is we we'll walk around. We want to see if there's. We look around the windows to see if there's anything going on. We look at rivets and things like that, and any wrinkles in the skin. It's just the normal stuff to see one whether somebody put the airplane through its paces outside of the envelope, or if if there is something that's uh, more insidious like this slowly. Waiting, you know, working its way out, working its way out. Now it's kind of interesting, as Jeb said, that it wasn't a jagged rip. Um, it was, it just came out very clean, like this was the, this was put in motion by somebody, as opposed mm-hmm. to uh, as opposed to something more uh, a design flaw. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, well, we'll see. We'll follow well, it and see how nice it goes. Nice thing about it is that airplane didn't lose near as much metal as the uh, Aloha Air, Airlines one right. yeah. back. Uh, right. What is that? Twenty, twenty-one years, twenty-two yeah, years that was, ago. That was also a seven thirty-seven. Yeah. Well, one of the, I one really of the hate I, when the yeah. captain dumped the cabin on me, though. Yeah, yeah, that's that. That was you know, and and uh, he's kind of a, was a mischievous sort. But uh, the one picture I saw on the on the web was of this guy on a cherry picker looking at the hole, squinting. And the you know, he probably wasn't an investigator for me, but I thought maybe it was like the lion guy saying. 
is that the single point refueling spot? Where, where, what am I looking for? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Is, is, is this the blue water tank? <laughs> <laughs> well, it, on, the, on the Hawker, you know, where that hole is, on the Hawker, that, that's the, 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 the exit port for the, uh, the APU exhaust, the auxiliary power yeah. unit exhaust, you know, uh, at least for a lot of the biz jets. And, and some of the, the larger airplanes, that's where it is. And it, it, it harkens back to that exchange between the controller and the pilot. And the contro- when the pilot's taken off on an airline, it says, uh, it looks like your uh, baggage door is open. It says, no, I think that's your APU door. Well, your APU door is shedding luggage. <laughs> all right all right moving on here uh so 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 uh farid here's what i want to know did you go out and buy one of these tie-down claw things before or after you saw jeb's report this is what i want to know well i was looking did, at it did you, did you buy was this separate from or or did you buy it in spite of the report that's what i want to know <laughs> I bought it in spite of the report, but I knew about the claw just a week or two before uh-huh. because I, I I got my sporties catalog and and I had the doggy auger beforehand and but they gave you a wood dowel that and I used this for two different times at Oshkosh, which is really the only place I tie down the airplane because I don't take that many trips in it. Um, but the problem is that at, at Oshkosh, the the ground is so hard, usually because uh-huh. of lack of rain. So you only get it halfway in, and that dowel is about to get cut in half from being dug into the metal as you're trying to twist it and twist it and twist it on in there. Now, yeah, I could get a metal thing and, and keep going, but it, I tell you what, I, I got quite a workout. I looked, you know, at, at times there, Jeb, I looked on the video, it looked like you had just got done trying to to screw some of that in the ground because you you looked like you were you yeah. you had been working it, hard. It, it was it was a humid day, and I'm an air cooled organism, <laughs> and uh, there, there there was no there was no air moving Dave can test to something. <laughs> but uh, we don't we yeah. don't have the loamy soil up here in the north so I I think you know it, I really did appreciate the analysis that that you did give about it although I I, I am I'm I am confident that the the claw is going to do well here in the north country and uh, at least I'm looking at the angles that that's going in and yeah we do get uh, a big thunderstorm through here from time to time but I I just needed a better solution uh, for the same amount of weight as as far as what I was looking for, and so I'm I'm going to give the claw a shot. I know that another another aircraft on our field at near Rockford does have the claw, and they love it for his RV, which is a little bit lighter than my 172. He bought the claw and the claw won. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, there's one of my trains going by here. It's a very noisy afternoon here in Dover, New Hampshire. Wouldn't that be something if that thing is actually this big rolling RF disturbance? And uh, well, it's something. It, it I, was. It was sure disturbing a few minutes ago. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. Where was I here? I forget. Uh, Two hours, fifteen minutes, and seventeen seconds. I know. Okay. Here we go. Um, <laughs> well, we're finally back here. We had a little, a little uh, technical adventure here, but we've changed some things over, and it's still bad, but not as bad. So uh, we're just going to kind of wrap this thing up here. Um, we had a whole bunch of listener mail, uh, most of which I'm going to push off until uh, probably actually a couple of weeks until we get back from from uh, Oshkosh. Some interesting uh, email we've got from listeners uh, recently that I wanted to uh, share. But uh, one thing I quickly wanted to uh, to tell people about, and this may, I think it would be just the coolest thing if this were to become another regular feature. 
feature of the podcast, and that is to congratulate and welcome newly minted pilots to uh, to, to aviation. And so um, I want to welcome two particular uh, uh, um Two listeners uh, who have just recently passed their private pilot check rides. Um, listener Rick Felty, um, who is uh, one of the guys I met uh, at uh, both of the uh, the Massachusetts uh, UCAP meetups, uh, and as a matter of fact, he was trying to get his check ride done around about the time that we all gathered down at Barnes, and uh, the weather at the time was was fighting him. But he did finally uh, complete his check ride, and he is a uh, a new private pilot. And also, a listener who goes by the name of Prop Fan uh, writes to us in the uh, in the forums. Uh, he writes, uh, passed my check ride yesterday morning, and it still hasn't really sunk in. Can't begin to tell you how much uh, I've enjoyed uh, listening to the podcast. And uh, he says, keep up the, the good work and the Congratulations work. to both. Yes, yeah, so, yeah, absolutely. Congratulations absolutely. to Rick Felty and to Prop Fan uh, for uh, getting your privates. Now uh, get out there and start flying. And have. Let's see now. Where am I here? I'm trying to keep, keep, figure out where we left off here before uh, we had all these technical problems. Um Shoutouts, I guess. Um, a couple of different shoutouts. I, I wanted. We mentioned that we're going to be doing uh, the uh, uh, episodes of the podcast while we're at uh, Air Venture. I also want to mention that uh, we're trying to throw together a handful of uh, very casual but hopefully fun uh, UCAP meetups uh, while we're out there. Uh, someplace here, I have a list of. Uh, the ones that we're currently talking about doing here. We've put together a page in the wiki, uh, if you're interested in the specifics, uh, that uh, if you go to the home, you, the uh, Uncontrolled Airspace homepage, you'll see a box which talks about the meetups, and there's a link into the wiki where we have, we're maintaining a list. Right now, we're sort of tentatively working on as many as four meetups uh, during the week. Uh, two on the first Sunday, actually, day, what I call day zero, before the show actually officially opens. Uh, one in the round uh, uh, one in the afternoon uh, at, at down at the Vintage Aircraft uh, Red Barn, and then another up in the uh, Camp Scholar uh, at uh, EAA Chapter 974's campsite. So if you're interested, in it, that's in the evening. Um, we're also tentatively talking about possibly having one in the evening on Wednesday, uh, one in the evening on Thursday, and then uh, we'll probably have a little impromptu meetup after Potapalooza on Friday. So uh, if you're interested to get together with some of your fellow UCAP listeners, uh, I urge you to uh, check out the uh, webpage, uh, the uh, UCAP homepage, and this wiki page, and add your name to the list if you think you might attend one of these. We, we should have some fun. It'll be great to meet you folks. And uh, and from what I've heard, uh, you know, anyway, it's just a great gathering. It's a lot of fun to just kind of do our own little virtual hangar thing out yeah. on the field. So... Uh, Check that out. Uh, did let's see now. Other shout outs. You guys have any other shout outs before we wrap this thing up? Um, I'd like to sh- go, go ahead. ahead. Go ahead, for. I'd like to shout out first of all to um, my uh, my crew that has uh, advanced. You know, come in and, and taken weeks off, a week off of work at a time to to set up the station and and make it. Basically, all of our planned dreams come true so far and are still coming true. And the other shout is the vice president of my uh, of of my chapter twenty two in in uh, Rockford, and that is Jeff Bonagoro and the rest of the folks. They actually have been running the chapter without me as as this radio station ramps up each summer, and they actually pulled off something called the Cottonwood Cup, which is called a uh, a. Uh, a, a course event where it basically is kind of like a rally and a race all wrapped in one where based on a class you flew a closed course and try to do it in a fast amount of time and we got all kinds of people just coming out of the woodwork to race their airplanes and um, there 
and uh, it just turned out a really nice event, so much so that uh, we're going to do it again in the fall at our fall picnic. And uh, we hope to, uh, to to make this a bigger event, especially for light sport aircraft, but we we have unlimited class as well. So a shout-out to my chapter for uh, soldiering on in my absence. That's great. That's great. That's yeah. great. Um, um, just ahead, one Jim. thing for me, I, and I, I haven't had a, a shout out in the last couple of weeks. I was, I was reading uh, most recent issue of um, uh, Aaron Smith Smithsonian's magazine um, uh, earlier today, and there's a uh, feature article in there about uh, Albert Whitted Field uh, in Saint Petersburg. Albert Whitted is uh, um, right on the water uh, in uh, the Saint Petersburg, Tampa Bay uh, area. Uh, it's uh, basically prime real estate, and um, they faced a situation there um, not unlike that that uh, uh, took out Meg's Field in Chicago a few years back. Um, the 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 real estate on which the uh, the airport is sited is is prime real estate. People wanted to uh, build a park there. They wanted to put up some high rises. They wanted to uh, expand some uh, uh, nearby buildings and and facilities, and all of which would of course uh, either encroached on, uh, closed a runway at, or closed the entire airport of Albert Whitted. Um, but that didn't happen. And it didn't happen because some some locals um, who had been using the airport and and, and uh, either making a living at it or uh, um, using it as for their recreation uh, for years and years and years got together and um, uh, engaged in, in some good old fashioned local politics and uh, in fact won uh, or or failed to lose let's put it that way a um, a local uh, election referendum. Um, and in fact, uh, convinced the the, the uh, majority of the public in the St. Petersburg area that the airport should remain open forever. And uh, it's just a very interesting story. Just kind of goes to show what can be done with some some dedicated people who are willing to uh, spend some time and effort uh, in in behalf of their local airport. And I just thought it was a very good story. There too many people um, um, were listed in the article to name. Um, but uh, uh, if any of them happen to hear this uh, voice talking about it, or uh, if anybody in St. Petersburg knows anybody there, hats off to them. Meg, mega congrats, and uh, hope we can export that somewhere else sometime soon. That's so. a great story. Yeah. That sounds great. It really that sounds is. great. David, you got anything? Just a real quick and dirty one. Uh, big shout-out, tip of the wing to uh, my good friend Earl Long and the yeah, the leprechaun down at Ted Cow International, and uh, the folks that uh, uh, own the uh, yard store, which is a, an establishment here in Wichita that handles surplus aircraft tools, surplus aircraft materials like aluminum, chrome molly, rivets, and all this stuff. Uh, the Bacchus family that owns uh, the yard store. Uh, turned it into the yard store after buying out what was the beach aircraft salvage yard right after World War II. Uh, they've never forgotten their roots, their origins. Uh, a couple of years ago, they bought a, a 1943 C-45 Golf. That's a twin beach gussied up for military service. Right. Uh, they've had uh, my my friend and and and, and uh, uh, my friend and, and and pilot buddy Earl, the leprechaun, 
refurbish the Beach 18. This week, they've been painting the uh, official 1943 Air Force insignia on it, or Army Air Corps insignia on it. And it's going to be moved from Dead Cow to downtown Wichita in the next few days, where the yard store folks are going to make it the centerpiece of a permanent display uh, commemorating the aircraft workers, pilots, and service people who uh, uh, served during World War II or built airplanes during World War II or riveted airplanes during World War II. Uh, they decided to do this primarily when they found out the, uh, the data plate from the uh, military on this airplane shows the serial number as Alpha Foxtrot one. Ah, no kidding. When the Air Force came into existence in 1947, this aircraft somehow or another, going through a remanufacturing process, came out at the end with a new data plate that designated it AF-1, the first hmm. airplane with the first new serial number of the new Air Force of the United States of America. Cool. So yeah. it's it's it, it never saw combat. Uh, God knows, uh, in looking over the logbooks, it's seen just about every other kind of hard work in its in its existence. And now it's going to be uh, uh, the centerpiece of a display. They're going to use its lights at night. Uh, they're going to have some uh, some drawings up that show the airport and the beach factory and service people flying them. Uh, it's really quite an undertaking by a family-owned business that's doing it solely out of their... Uh, their sense of responsibility and gratitude to the people who came before. So big shout out to the yard store, to AF1 and the Denisons at Dead Cow for putting it back together. Yeah, big time. Very cool. Good job. Very cool. Yeah. I have one quick shout out here, and that is to welcome a new aviation podcast to uh, the uh, to the internet. Uh, the uh, so, uh, this is uh, co-hosted by uh, one of our listeners, a guy by the name of Steve Vischer uh, from Australia, and they call the podcast "Plane Crazy Down Under," which is just a great name. I feel. If if I was in Australia, I would have wanted to have a name like that. That's a great <laughs> plane crazy down under, uh, and uh, they've uh, only done one episode so far, but it was a really really nice first episode. I enjoyed it. It was really interesting to get that sort of uh, uh, from from down under uh, view of aviation. Um, they talked a lot about uh, av- uh, uh, airlines that are going on down there and, and some interesting stuff. And uh, it's it's a good podcast. Uh, I'm optimistic. They they say they're they're about to release number two. That they just recorded it and they're going to roll out number two uh, pretty soon. So uh, uh, I urge people to take a listen and see what you think to uh, Plane Crazy Down Under, uh, the new aviation podcast. Well, and that's down in a world where highs rotate counterclockwise, lows rotate clockwise, and when you flush the toilet, the blue water goes in the opposite direction. <laughs> that's right. Well, it's definitely time to stick a fork in this one. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, that's too much information. <laughs> oh boy, Farid Gio, uh, also known as EAA's after uh, EAA Radio's afterburner, Al is the uh, co-station manager for Air Venture Oshkosh's EA Radio. He's also a uh, a, a business jet pilot, uh, currently in bene- in between flights, uh, but that won't last for long, I'm sure. Uh, Farid, where can people find you on the internet? They can find me at AfterburnerAl at uh, earadio.net. And um, I'll tell you what, uh, I'll be happy to send you my resume. 
Okay. All right. We'll put it on the website, right, right next to uh, right next to James uh, Winbrandt's book ad. Uh, we'll put your. Thanks resume. for having me on. Absolutely, absolutely. We'll see Thank you next you week. Reed. We'll see you next week. Dave Higdon is a an aviation photographer, also an aviation journalist, and the U.S. editor for London's World Aircraft Sales Magazine. David, where can people find you on the internet? Avbuyer dot com aea dot net aviation safety something or other uh dave higdon dot biz or just google me and and then toss out the golf writer and the theoretical physicist there you go and jeb burnside is an aviation journalist currently serving as the editor-in-chief of aviation safety magazine where can people find you on the net jeb that day job is at AviationSafetyMagazine.com. You might also find something written by Higdon uh, at that location. Um, personal website is JEBurnside.com. Uh, I am on Twitter of late. And, uh, Ooh, I was wondering Burnside. when you were going to come out about this. Yeah, Go ahead. Yeah, Bur- Burnside, Jay. Yeah. Um, and then uh, uh, every now and then I'll pop up on uh, AvWeb.com. I'll probably be popping up on AvWeb.com quite a bit over the next well I don't say quite a bit um, more more frequently than normal uh, uh-huh. over the next two or three weeks well, Jeff, I, hear, to, I hear that you're going to become the doggy auger specialist <laughs> I may be the doggy auger specialist I have to say that slowly <laughs> say it well, slowly after that first video when is the swimsuit edition coming out <laughs> oh no 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 too much too much too much, uh, too much yeah. Jeb uh, you got stepped on say a, your twitter address one more time Twitter address is Burnside J. It's very simple. Very good. Very um, good. And I'm sorry, you're going to say one other thing before I move on here? No, I, 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 I'm trying to conjugate the the swimsuit video thing, and, and I, I just don't think I want to go there. No, 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 no. And I'm Jack Hodgson. I'm a private pilot, a freelance writer, and a new media producer. You can learn more about me at jackhodgson.com or aroundthefield.net. As always, a big thanks to Jeff Ward for creating our show notes. That's Scoffrey in the forums. Uh, also, thanks to our many listeners uh, and to... Uh, See, I know I can say this right if I just stop and concentrate for one second here. We also want to thank... Doggy uh, Auger. It's, it's very simple. Doggy, Doggy Auger. Auger. Yeah, that's right. We also want to thank um, the many of our listeners, and particularly Royce Earl and Mike Morgan, for creating our show opening disclaimer clips. Uh, and uh, we are very, very grateful to uh, the financial support we receive from many of our listeners. For information on how you can make a donation to this podcast, see the Uncontrolled Airspace homepage and the box in the right-hand column labeled Tip Jar, it doesn't need to be very much. Just 5 or $10 over the span of a year would be a big help. And don't forget, you can visit with all of us at the Uncontrolled Airspace website. You can read the blog. You can view the forums. Check out the wiki, the uh, aviation movies list, and more. That's all at uncontrolledairspace.com. David, what were you going to say? If you want to live long, go fly, because time spent flying is not subtracted from your lifespan. That's right. And that's enough talking for tonight. Let's go flying. You notice he's saying that differently each episode now. Yeah. Well, I missed the T- TTFN. You, well, you haven't. Yeah, I haven't gone there yet. It's just <laughs> one, two, three. TTFN. The magic moves me. The higher.
something in the air. I see a white and blue old airplanes are new. Everybody stares. Home builds are up there too. And the air show stage is set for a military jet. It's the Warbird Show. Stick around, don't be just yet. Something in the air.